All right. Back again. It's great to be back. Bands back together. It's been <laughs> a little while. It has been. It Too has long. been. Yeah. But so much is going on. Lots going on. A lot of good stuff. Yes. But we're here to talk about some very important topics. Of all the things that's happened over the last couple of weeks, what's top of mind for you? What's, uh, what's, what's top of the priority list here? Well, I want to give credit where credit is due. And our most excellent producer, McDubbswell, has suggested we reflect upon President Biden's latest updates to the White House cybersecurity strategy. Yeah. Hey. Fun. It's always, it's always led to good fodder, by the way. Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> And uh, we had seen an article in Dark Reading that we'll be happy to post up um, the, the author and, a con- and the context for. It was talking about there potentially being a fatal flaw in the president's strategy. And so I think you and I understand, as we do our podcast, uh, better than most, uh, how important it is to have a hook for people that are interested. And I can see why people cause, cause it would cause people to read it. And I don't think the author is necessarily trying to be hyper-emotional about it. But his thinking in the article was that the because the document isn't super prescriptive, isn't calling out process, but is instead calling out outcomes that are required, yeah. that it, it is going to cause it not to have as much material benefits. And I thought that that might be a great place for us to just start a little conversation about what's going mm. on and what's new. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. So what does, it, what does it mean to have a fatal flaw to you? For me, a fatal flaw is one which causes the elimination of value or the elimination of an individual. A bridge has a fatal flaw when it collapses, and it's not a bridge anymore, right? A plan has a fatal flaw. When you try to execute it, you hit the flaw, and it stops. And I think that that may be, I'm glad you asked the question that way, because I think that may be one of my biggest points of departure from the author's original writing. I don't believe it's a fatal flaw. And I also think that I'm never going to be one, and in this podcast, our listeners know that we don't typically support a lot of the language that goes on in various directives, especially coming out of the White House, but um, I think you have to write it the way the president wrote it, or the way the president's team wrote it in the strategy, which is to describe the outcomes, because a process that might work well for company A could bankrupt company B, or industry A could do it, and industry B would entirely be unable to service their clients if they were to do it. It's very hard to write these things for the least common denominator. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if, if, we can, if we can agree that the outcomes the president describes are the right ones, I think we're much further along than we would have been otherwise. To me, fatal uh, flaws like the, the pit in like a DVD like, or CD, when you're like burning CDs or DVDs, not that I ever did that, but I've heard of a friend who tried to do it, um, whom I'm not very closely related to at all. <laughs> Um, and I actually barely know this individual, but it's like there's the pits and those discs, right, where you try to burn them, and then it would it just stops, right? The whole thing stopped, tiny little thing. Mm. That's, that's kind of how I see it. But even still, when I read articles like this, it's like, so is it the matter, like, the directive's wrong? The article didn't capture the spirit of the, the argument or the point, um, or is it none of those things or both of those things? Right, just trying to like tease out like the source of truth. Mm. To me, my my opinion, um, we have kind of to me we we have controls fatigue in our industry, right? Like fra- frameworks are great. Like you got to pick one, you got to follow it. There's a lot of really good prescriptive ones out there, but uh, at some some point, like everybody's coming out with their own prescriptive thing version of it. 
that's pretty similar to the last person's version of it. And we're still in the same spot that we were last time. So the idea of needing more prescription, I'm not sure that's actually the issue. <laughs> like, right. I think we're pretty square. And, and, I don't think, and I don't think that people are approaching these recommendations from a standing start. It's not yeah. like they haven't been trying to do something for 20 years, right? So they've got something in play. And to try to be prescriptive about the way they should do it, I'll put money. Um, the, the author, uh, I think he's a CEO or a CTO of a, a relatively well-regarded company. Um, I'm sure he's got great opinions and great ideas. But I seriously bet like any one of us would be arm wrestling over the conclusions that would be the ideal process, you know, in his mind, right? It's just, it's yeah. just the way it is. I remember if I can harken back, if I can harken back to the last century, uh, in 1997, uh, when PDD 63 went out, the first presidential directive on critical infrastructure protection, um, it was very, very intentionally um, capability-based, I would say. It wasn't even outcome-based, like thou shalt, right, which is sort of outcome-based. The sort of this is how thou shall is process-based. And this was just like, here's sort of what you should be doing. In other words, information sharing, going to the ISACs, doing better disclosure, really the basics of cybersecurity back in 1997. But if they had said, and every water utility will do the following set of things, and every electric company will do the following set of things, it completely would have been ignored. It would have had to have been, right? Because by specifying at that level of granularity, you remove the ability to make it an organic part of a business process, right? right. So I like, uh, just on the positive side, I like some of the president's directive stuff. Like we've talked a lot over the course of the last couple of years um, about the need for organizations to take more responsibility for their understanding of supply chain, understanding of the security of the, of the technologies they either build or that they consume. And this is the first time ever that I've seen any federal office contemplate the idea that people who make software and don't try to make it secure will be in the same position as the restaurant who, you know, uses rat meat out of the backyard, right? No good, right? It, it actually says that there's an opportunity for liability now. And that is a, it, it may not appear that to folks who are newer to the industry, but that is a sea change, right? Where an organization who develops software could be held liable if they didn't try to do it right. And so for me, that's an outcome, which I'm sure this author would have been like, well, you should actually say how they should make it secure. That doesn't work. Languages are different. Environments are different. Uh, rebuilds are different than, than starting from scratch. Composite applications are different than API-based things, whatever. Um, so you could not do it, but I love the outcome. So I would argue that this is nothing like a fatal flaw. I think he's fair if he moderates his language a little bit and says the president's announcement of the framework could have been more productive were there more prescriptive advice prescriptive advice right as as examples for people to follow but i don't think it's a fatal flaw to suggest they go with outcomes do you think it would have been different or um maybe the reception of it would have been different if he said here's the outcome and for additional guidance see these resources 100 percent. yeah yeah i think i think that would have been great I mean, look at um, something like CMMC, right? So CMMC was initially passed in 2019. The idea was that DOD vendors who are particularly concerned with things like CUI, right, um, uh, confidential unclassified information, right? Yeah. And how do we make sure that vendors are doing a decent job, not a, you know, CIPRNET secured job, but a decent job of protecting CUI? Um, and CMMC was a way to do it. Well, they passed it in 2019, 
and now version two is out, and people are still struggling to figure out what it means to their organizations, and that is very prescriptive. Right? CMMC is pretty prescriptive, and I don't think that simply providing a prescription increases the likelihood of adoption. It's an interesting thing. When I look at all the organizations that um, I've been fortunate enough to work with and all the people that we've helped, when I look back over time and inventory uh, all the types of folks that I've had to work with, like what what compliance objective they were trying to meet or uh, which controlled frameworks they're trying to align with, it would seem t- two things would always happen. Um, one, if it's too prescriptive, um, there was uh, un- uncertainty or there was kind of an unnecessary spin or, or maybe it was necessary spin on how to meet the letter of that very specific, like, specific requirement. And on the technological landscape, like there's kind of a lot of ways to approach some of this stuff. But in a very prescriptive lens, like it's either you, you kind of do it or you don't. But in technology, we sometimes live in a shade of gray, right? Saying like, is it satisfactory or not? And based on people's opinions, either you, you meet it or you don't, right? And so that, that in itself creates a lot of spin and debate. The ones where I think I've seen a little bit more success where it's saying uh, are the ones that are a little bit more outcome oriented, right? Um, and they're saying the creativity to solve these challenges or meet that challenge is up to the reader of this, right? And you kind of empower the person interpreting the outcome in order to make their own decisions. Um, in my experience, gets people home a little bit faster because the reason being um, they don't get hung up on perfect and they don't get hung up on the idea of binary. They get hung up on the idea of like, it's it's good enough. We feel like it meets this based on everything that we've done. Okay, that's good. Let's move on to the next one. And the amount of cycles that people have to go through to get to home in an outcome-based world, in my experience, across like a lot, like a really big sample set yeah. is is material. Like it's, I've, I've, I've seen it more often than not that way. I love it. I love the discussion of the sort of the over-rotation when you're just trying to get to that specific process to meet the steps in the process. And as you were talking about it, I was thinking um, one of the reasons why compliance isn't security, right, is that when you study to the test, right, you're not secure. Right. You're going to meet the, the nature of the process. I did everything inside your process. But processes like humans all have blind spots, right? And so if I actually take the time to tell you, and you don't know very much, like as a, cli- as a client, here's what you have to do. Do these steps. And then they do those steps, and they don't think beyond that about the nature of the business or the changing dynamics of the technology choices or the threat landscape, right? But they follow the process. They're like, I follow the process. I can go back to sleep now, right, until the next time I have to follow the process or the next step in the process that I'm following, Whereas to your point, if they're worried about the outcome, if my outcome is you will maintain a secure environment with visibility into all of your assets. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. I'm going to do my best to make that happen. And I'm going to know that on you know Wednesdays, we have new hires come on board. There'll be new machines. I know we're thinking of doing an acquisition because I know I'm supposed to maintain that. I'm going to look at that as opposed to saying, here's your process. Every Monday, you will do a full assessment of every machine in your landscape. On Tuesday, you know, you'll do this. On Wednesday, you label and characterize. And on Thursday, you'll produce a report. And do it every time, but 
you're not thinking about, well, what happens with that acquisition? Because I don't have to. I know what the steps are. The steps I run this thing. Like, well, what? They're not in the network yet, but they're going to be in like a week. Oh, shit. Right? The process obviates the need for personal responsibility because the process holds the responsibility for it being enough. So I, lo I loved your example because that's right. Not only will it be harder as you over-rotate, but you will be so narrowly focused on satisfying the mandate of the process, you'll miss the outcome. I think that's right. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Related, slightly different version of this. Cool. We've done a lot of White House type things, right? There's been a fair amount of directives that have come over like the last year. <laughs> you will all eliminate security vulnerabilities now. I think that was one of the ones we reported on sent to the DoD. That was nice, yeah. Uh, maybe uh, as you say that, I'm kind of pulling back my question <laughs> a little bit. But when you look at all of these things in total, do you think the d directives are helpful or not? This one for me, and you know where my, my heart is, that I think this one is very helpful, right? Because so much specifically of the vulnerability that's exposed through application security issues has been... So what, right? Yeah. Because I need it to be fast. I need it to be cheap. The vendor's supposed to be doing that anyway, right? And those are the answers. And then when someone at the, the level of the White House says inside a policy paper, basically, that, listen, you roll this out, then you're going to be responsible for it. I think that's just beautiful. You know, this, but this is coming from somebody who in 2007 learned all about the Paisley snail and McPherson <laughs> versus Buick. And the idea that uh, the last person in the line for software vulnerabilities that hurt people were the people who built the software. The people who bought it, the people who ran it, they have no insight. You don't get to look inside the software and understand if it's busted or not. The only people who can do it are the people who make it. Like, you know, um, Buick manufacturing the, two, the 1912 Roadmaster, whatever the hell it was, with the wooden wheels that fell apart. They were the last people who could have done it. The guy who drives the car could not be held responsible for that people who built the car should have been. It's the same with software. But this is the first time ever that I have heard anyone at that level suggest that we should put responsibility where it belongs, which is with the manufacturers or the people who create a new service and roll it out, whatever, that they take responsibility for it. Because I think that's awesome because that is a massive gap. Um, Judge Leonard Hand, God bless him, best jurist never, jurist never to make it to the Supreme Court. Um, his calculus of negligence has always been ignored in software which is if the cost of the damage, if the cost of prevention is less than the cost of damage times the likelihood of damage, you're negligent, right? So think about a vulnerability in a major third-party application with millions of users, right? So cost of damage is friggin' massive. And let me tell you, based on my own experience, everything that is never checked is probably very vulnerable. Everything is maybe a little vulnerable, but very vulnerable. The attack community is so much more sophisticated now and the tooling is so much more sophisticated and available to them. The, the likelihood that they'll discover that vulnerability is way up. So you've got a motivated, monetized attack community with better tools against software that may be developed in a way that's super crappy, right? So that number is big across millions and millions. So the cost of prevention is always going to be massively less. Just have that one company who makes the software spend an extra maybe a month in their dev cycle to wring out at least the most egregious vulnerabilities and then report on what they re removed and what was left, which is perfectly cool. It'll never be perfect, right? That is so much less than the pain and the suffering of people who will be hit when that vulnerability is exposed. So for me, the, the president's directive allows us to focus a really needed 
sense of responsibility in light of the manufacturers of the tools that everybody uses. If every car crashed and people got hurt all the time, if every hammerhead flew off and poked me in the eye, if every stove exploded on the third Wednesday in a month, those organizations would be out of business. They'd be considered negligent. It happens in software all the time. And because most of the public doesn't really grok how software gets built in the first place, we say, well, it's kind of magic. And so sometimes magic sucks. F top. Any magic. This is just ones and zeros instead of bolts and screws. Well, I guess the, the last the last directive also included some of that too, right? Mm-hmm. Trying, to, trying to trap some of these things. A little bit. A little bit. But this is the first time the word liability and vendor were like in the same sentence, not separated by we'll never be assigned to do. Yeah. Do you, do you think they'll, we collectively will be able to get to that point? Yeah. If our audience, our listeners, folks like us, people in the industry make enough of a noise that this is like a baseline friggin' responsibility. Right? I expect my doctor to know how to care for me. I expect the grocery store to sell food before its expiration date. Those kinds of things. If we can achieve that same incredibly low baseline, right, for what's acceptable, I think we would change. I think we'd change the world. And I think that what I've tried to do for a decade or more, and that we try to do here and in these conversations, is make the customers feel comfortable asking for it. It's not unreasonable to say, "What did you do to test this software?" It's not unreasonable at all. And if enough people ask, then we'll come to a point where people are describing what acceptable looks like. Yeah. And it's not perfect. I'm not advocating for perfect. I'm advocating for visibility. And, and really good enough. Like people have to kind of vote, vote with their feet a little bit. You know, wallets. Wallets. Right? Spot on. And, y- you know, you get, you get enough people pushing back and asking for security testing and requiring and demanding a higher level of uh, care. Yeah. Right? Stuff, stuff will change. And I just, I'm not going to remember where the reference was, uh, but McDubbs will keep me honest. We'll put this link in the, in the show notes as well. Um, there is a recently announced call for comment on a software security assertion by either um, DHS or CISA or somebody. Mm-hmm. And so it's gotten to the point where actually they're talking about this as a form. And I could see in the not too distant future, right, that, You'll say, well, show me your assertion. And at, at that point in time, somebody at a software company or somebody at a services company has to sign off that this is how secure we are and this is how we measured it. I hope it's good enough for you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and by the way, right, I'm not suggesting all software has to be awesome. Some of it can be really crappy and really cheap. As long as I know, right, sometimes you're willing to pick up a bottle of Thunderbird, right? You don't need the Chateau Pichon Lalande, right? You make your choices, and if it's something that I'm not worried about being exposed and the people who are going to use it and understand it and it's in a position where it may be protected by mitigating controls or it's really just not that important, it's fine. Yeah. But you have to have some sort of assertion so people can make that choice consciously, not just get what they get and not get upset. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's um, it's almost like putting a, like a nutritional label on software. Yeah. Right? It's saying like, you know, it's got a couple extra grams of this or I don't like that it has these things in it. But the choice is still yours. Like you I can take it. it as is, or or you choose to go someplace else. Depends on your diet. I like that labeling. We should come up with a label. I think that'd be pretty awesome. You know, MFA enabled, or been through software analysis, or been red team tested by you know some federal agency, or been in the market for a hundred years without a breach. Whatever. You know, there's all sorts of things you can think about putting in there as an assertion. Yeah, and if 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 you, if you <laughs> use the nutritional label as an example. Yeah. Fred's a nice little framework of what you might put in there. I like it. Maybe what we can do is 
we'll take the CISA or DHS guidance, wherever it's coming from, and turn it into a label. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Stay tuned. Yeah. This has got a... Uh, it's got two two grams of attack simulations and a little ruby on rails. <laughs> nice, nice, cool. All right, good for me. Good for me too. Um, good, good. We're back. That's great. To be back. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're listening to this episode uh, and you've enjoyed the content that you've heard here, please like, share. Uh, you know, pass this off to a good friend whom you think would see benefit in our content. Um, and of course, uh, please rate us five stars on any place you get your podcasts. Um, helps helps us out a ton. Um, and if you have questions for our mailbag, ideas for breach of the week, uh, technologies that you have questions about that you would like to see covered, uh, pwned at newharborsecurity.com. Uh, shoot, shoot Jack and I a note and we'll, uh, we'll, process the intake and get it queued accordingly. So thanks. We'll get you on the next episode.